This is The Pastor and the Guy Next Door, podcast number 27. Good evening. I'm your host, Pastor Simon Chapel, and the other handsome fellow is Pastor Jim Drosty, filling in for Bill Wall. Join us as we visit Cobblestones, our favorite Dodgeville coffee shop. This week we talked about cats and dogs and snow and pasture things. And we are live, so welcome, dear listener, to The Pastor and the Guy Next Door. We are doing something different this week. Uh, Bill has deserted us. Uh, you know, For a retired guy, he sure gets around. So instead, this week, we have the pastor and the other pastor, who's kind of a guy next door. He lives a block and a half away, and I can see his front door from my front door. So he's kind of a neighbor, uh, Pastor Jim Drost. Welcome. Thank you for uh, stepping in at relatively short notice to be my exuberant, vivacious co-host. Wow, that's a big setup there. <laughs> yeah. well, it, is, it is wonderful to be here. I'm, I'm glad to have the opportunity to uh, give this a try today. So, Exuberant. And vivacious. And vivacious. Yes. Okay. Now I want to watch you live up to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, so we are here on a Friday afternoon um, at Cobblestones. Uh, Carrie has locked us in. Uh, we think she she left. <laughs> we think she's coming back. We hope she's coming back. Uh, oh, she left the coffee. So we, maybe we don't care if she's coming back. And uh, we're we're just going to talk for a while. Jim had uh, some suggestions. Would oh, you want me to call Jim, Pastor Jim, Pastor Drost, Reverend Drost? Reverend Drost sounds like, you know, when you're a kid and your mom calls you by your full name. Oh! Like James Burton Drosty. <laughs> like Reverend, Reverend sounds like, not that I did something wrong, but it just sounds way too, no, Jim is fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we talked about some things to, to talk about. Uh, maybe our entire topic this week will be talking about what we could have talked about. It could be. Because we've, we've already bounced a few topics around. So the uh, concept of talking about the difference between cat people and dog people. Um, we're not going to talk about the movie Cat, so are we? Please, oh. please, let's not do that. That is probably a movie we could agree on, <laughs> that it was likely... <laughs> Terrible. That is what I, I have not I watched have not it. Seen it, but everything I have heard I about it. I saw some reviews, and oh my goodness, were... nobody liked it. I did see that um, the song. Oh, and of course, now I'm going to blank on who wrote it. But um, one of the songs from Cats that was written for the movie was nominated for a Golden Globe. So that's something. I don't know. That's all I got there. Wow, it's more than me. Who wrote Cats? Was that Andrew Lloyd Webber? That was Weber? Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually know him, but you know, I've heard of him. So that's the closest I get to cultured. <laughs> oh. Well, let's start with Cats and Dogs, because then 
I'm sure we'll we'll stick closely to the script. Okay. <laughs> well, I am firmly on Team Cat, so uh, I think it's fair to say you are. Do you want to self-describe here? I I am probably on Team Dog. Um, I do come at it from the perspective that I have been in a household that has had cats and been in a household that has had dogs and don't mind either. But I think if you asked me if I got to pick which one I would have in the house, it would be a dog. Of course, if it were my wife, it would be two dogs. And I've said, no, just one, one now, dog. Now, having, having seen your dog after it stopped hiding behind a blade of grass. Which is not, which is <laughs> smaller than a cat, I might add to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's obvious you keep it for protection. <laughs> Ferocious. Nine pounds as we weighed him. Um, okay. My cat is bigger than yeah. that. <laughs> we weighed him yesterday. He's weighing in at 9.1 pounds. Yeah, no, we did not, we did not get him for his... Um, he barks as well as any large dog, but he's not going to intimidate anyone, as you saw. He is not going to spark fear in anyone... Yeah, you'd have to be a pretty big dog for it to spark fear in me. Now, you know, German Shepherd, Alsatian, you know, one of the bigger ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I, could, I could get nervous there, but I might be more danger of hurting myself falling over laughing if your dog tried to bite me. <laughs> Aww. Well, that's fair. <laughs> of course, my cat would... She might deign to wake up enough to look at you if you were trying to attack me. That's a battle of protection See, I'd get. Now that's one of the things with like between cats and dogs because cats. <clears throat> it's been my experience. Now you take, let's say, you decide that you're going to go somewhere for the day or even the weekend. Now you get home, your cat could care less that you were gone. And if you get home, might look up and say, ah, you have returned, please change my litter. Or, you know, whereas a dog, it was as if you were gone for a year. And the minute you, I mean, even before you open the door, that dog is ready. You know, so that is one of the things I appreciate about dogs is they seem to care. Whereas I think cats, at least from memes, seem to just kind of be plotting your demise maybe in their, in their head. I... I could be wrong, but that has been my experience. I think you're right. Um, I have heard it described that uh, dogs have masters or owners, and cats have stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually, as two, just so you know, as two pastors who are doing this, but I've actually used that in a sermon. I just want to let you know that. So thank you. That is that's excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, now I've also heard. You may not want to use this one in a sermon, but yeah, I've done stranger things. So, uh, if you, you know, well, do an experiment. Lock your wife in the trunk of a car and your dog in the trunk of a car. Wait an hour, open it up, and see which one is happy to see you. <laughs> no, I am not going to use that. In a <laughs> oh, wow! All right. Have you tried this? No, 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 I don't okay. have a dog. You don't have a dog. You're right. You're safe. I don't. Okay. Um, okay. I haven't been married long enough to try that one yet. So yeah. well, I saw it on the internet. So oh, right, obviously right, it's right. true. If, yes, because yes. there's nothing be. on the internet that isn't true. No. 
I, I say that a lot in my my sermons. I saw this on the internet, so it must be true. Yes. And then one time, my my daughters oh, they saw something somewhere about what a what are phrases that your pastor always says because they they follow various uh, Christian pages on on the internet. And, so then they got talking about what are things that I often say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thankfully, I, I don't have a real good memory, so I can't remember. But it, All it, good they, things, they, I they, assume. They, yeah. yeah they, there were some things they assured me I didn't say. So I'm, I'm not one of these. And again, I, I don't know on the, the Methodist side of the house uh, how long you guys preach. But on the Pentecost side of the house, my goodness, some people, they'll... They're warming up at about an hour. I know, yeah. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It on, um, I, and they'll say things like, in closing. Yeah, and then 17 points later, yeah. And then they'll say every five minutes for the next half an hour, in closing. <laughs> or bringing this into land. It's like, no, no, don't tell no, people you're bringing it into don't land. Don't give us a false Just wrap sense up of, and, yeah. and be done. Uh, my sermons, on average, are between 30 to 35 minutes. And mine are... 15 to 20. Oh, wow. Can I defect and come over to your side? <laughs> we need pastors right now. So, yeah, the Methodist Church says, come on over. But, yeah. And I'm, I'm on the speedy end in, in our Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, half an hour. Whew. Yeah, I've, I've seen an hour and 15 minutes. I, 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 I tell them, you know, my feeling is when I'm starting to bore myself... <laughs> You know, then it is time. It's time to wrap. Well, up, that's where so. we're different because I find myself fascinating the entire time. Oh, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Do you ever practice your sermons to your dog? Oh, see what I did there. See what I did there. You brought it I'm, back to the topic. I am like a paid professional. Wow. <laughs> uh, um. No. I'm. He. He does. However, hear my. My incoherent ramblings, as I'm my his his chair. Note, I say his chair. Yeah, it might course. be our, but it is his. Um, he might be listening to me as I'm working through an idea. But no, I don't preach to him because all he would do is just kind of look at me and tilt his head pretty much the entire time. So yeah, yeah. Which actually, some people in my congregation also do. But yeah. do you scratch him behind the ears afterwards? Yes. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> that's probably for the best. Yes. That could be awkward. So, on occasion, I have seen a cat outside on a leash, generally unexcited about, you know, I mean, an indoor cat. I mean, I know there are outdoor cats, but like, one of the things I appreciate about dogs is they um, are a good excuse. Um, to get out and exercise, you know, generally most cats, you know, if they're outside, they want to be on their own doing their thing, or they're a farm cat or an outdoor cat, but most indoor cats, you're not going to, you know, take them for a walk around the block or... Right. Yeah. Um, our cat currently, so I've, I've had cats that fall in all the different camps there. Our current cat is a mostly indoor cat. For her first two years, she was completely indoors. And then this summer, uh, my wife started letting her out. And, uh, I think my wife and daughters took her out on a leash to start with because she found the backyard 
overwhelming. There were, there were noises and smells and moving air that uh, she was not used to. Okay. Um, now she is, well, she doesn't go out now because it's cold. And there was some snow on the ground, so I threw her out, <laughs> not quite literally, but I, I placed her outside in the cold, and, and she was quite unimpressed with that, and was sat on the the step of the the back door waiting to come in, so I, I let her back in. I'm looking forward to putting her out tomorrow if we get these many, many inches of snowmageddon. Uh, that should be fun. I want to see how she likes that. Can I, can I as a non-paid yes. professional, can I digress for a second here? Because okay. you mentioned snowmageddon. Well, then you're going to sound like a paid professional on Excellent. this podcast Excellent. if you digress. Because if... Because I was thinking about that as I was driving this morning. Or snowpocalypse, whichever you want to call it. Right. Well, and that's just my point. Like, when, when did it change that every time we get snow, we, we have some kind of a snow advisory, snow like storm watch, storm warning advisory? Like, don't you remember a day when we just used to get snow and we, we just dealt with it? Whereas now, three days before the snow is coming... We have to be warned that it's coming. You know, my phone is already telling me that we're under a snow advisory that doesn't take place until tonight and goes through Sunday. And I just, I feel like at some point, we just turned into the society that just, we're in Wisconsin and we are freaking out over the fact that it it is gonna snow. So were you reading my mind? Do you have like a superpower or something? Because, yes. So we, not naming names, but somebody in our congregation already contacted my wife yesterday to say, I, won't, I probably won't be at church on Sunday. Well, all right. So on a Thursday evening, they well, already they've knew. Pre, they've they, pre- they knew. So, uh-huh. yes. Um, actually, most of my congregation doesn't listen to this podcast. They know I do it, but they don't listen. So I can say whatever I like. Um, <laughs> oh wait, I say whatever like anyway. Okay. Well, but and and I I have a reputation in my church for never canceling church. You know, like when we, you know, we've had we've had Sundays last year where the wind chill was pretty low and we had snow and I think in 4 years my church has just gotten used to the fact that you know, I'm probably we're probably going to have church. If I can get there, we're going to have church even if there's, you know, well, is most of your congregation local or very local to, to Dodgeville and area? Yeah, oh yeah. Like within Dodgeville, a good chunk. Okay. I mean, and there's enough that live within a few blocks that, I mean, I've canceled church and then had people show up and be like, why'd you cancel church? So I, I kind of find myself saying, if I can get there... I am probably just going to have it and we'll see who shows up. But I just, I feel like along with every snowstorm turning into snowpocalypse, I also feel like we have, like, I'm not sure what word I can use on the podcast, but we've kind of wussed out when it comes to snow. Like, you know, we used to be able to endure a lot of snow and keep going. And now it's like, oh, we got a few inches. I don't know if we're going to do this. And then. Yes, this is a great topic. I could, I could camp here for a while. Um, now, okay, freezing rain, I will cancel. I, I oh, don't that's mess fair. With, I don't yeah. mess with freezing the, the, rain. The wintry, the wintry mix? You know, uh, well, I, kind of. But is it, freezing rain is a definite. Then we 
we always review the weather and we'll make a go no go decision by seven a.m. on a Sunday morning, okay. and we'll start texting people. We'll put on the church Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. Sure, uh, whether services go ahead or, or services is canceled. Okay. Um, so we, we we try to make sure that we we communicate with people uh, clearly. But one thing we do get is we get a lot of people call in. I think a lot of people watch the TV shows and the uh, the, the TV weather people who just hype oh, every store. Yes, yes. It, it, it's, we're all gonna die. <laughs> get your get your milk. Get your yeah. bread now. Get get right with God because it's going down, <laughs> people. I, I I don't know how anyone's gonna handle the. The real great tribulation because they can't handle a simple Wisconsin snowstorm. Uh, the great tribulation is that's really not going to be pretty. Um, anyway, that's that's another. That's topic. a topic for another. Yeah, day. that's a whole other topic. That one would be fun. Bill might be a bit bored. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we we have people that you and you know who sits glued to the TV because they call you and say, "Oh, the weather's going to be bad. We I don't think we're going to be making it." Uh, now, we have the interesting challenge that over 50% of our congregation comes or lives outside of Iowa County. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, well, okay so they, they, I can see that. Because well, we're, we're Pentecostal. You don't get many Pentecostals around here, so we, we kind of pull them in from far and wide. And, uh, you know, uh, what's... True, Wisconsin, you don't expect to be sounds, tripping over Pentecostal. It sounds like you were describing the circus, and I don't know if that really applies or not some Sundays it some does Sundays it some does. days it does right, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah you can you can tell who is glued to their TV because they'll call you up and say they're not coming in uh, well we have a um, I was supposed to tomorrow morning we had a, a conference that I was supposed to go to in Verona and I already got an email today saying that tomorrow's event is canceled because of the impending storm, yeah. which, you know, we don't even know if it's coming, if it's going to veer off, you know, and yet we've, I mean, don't get me wrong, having the Saturday back, I don't mind, but it's, it's you know, can't we wait and actually see what, you know, what starts? No. I guess not. No, okay. No, we well, I stand corrected. I got it. Okay. But thank you. What, what you'll see at the beginning of, or at, at various points through the, the winter, you know, on, on Facebook and the other social media, people will post these pictures about, you know, how that uh, in Wisconsin we can handle the snow. But yet my observation is at the end of the summer, every, well, 90 a lot percent of the, the people in Wisconsin have forgotten how to drive in the snow. Oh, yes. And you'll get a couple of sn- you know, snowflakes, and it's like everyone's in the ditch. Yeah. No, every... <laughs> the road suddenly becomes the safest place to drive because nobody's on it. They're all right. in the ditch. No, every, it, it is. It's like over the summer, it's just we lose all concept of how to drive in the snow. And that first snowfall in October and November, it's like we don't know what we're doing. And we have to kind of relearn the whole thing. Yeah. I don't. Relearn but everybody slowly. else. Yeah, but everybody yes. else does. Cause I, well, I have a Jeep, so I, I'm fine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. Yes. My 2016 Ford Focus is not built for... I may have to bleep that out. That That's unacceptable. <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. Wow. 
But um, yeah. So I, I, I just, I, I don't remember if you're a big sports person or not. Well, I'm big, but not. Uh, oh, I don't watch. No, well, because so you don't have I'm a at. TV. Oh, okay. Well, that could be a problem. Well, here's why I ask: is because, and this this takes us back not full circle, but back one topic. Because one of the things I always, my wife and I always kind of joke about is: is the weather that is going to keep you from church? Is that the same weather that would stop you from driving to the Packer game? Because you know, not that I want to get into a discussion about which is more important. Well, if it snowed that much on Monday, would you still go to work? Right. You know, so fair enough. But, you know, just being in Wisconsin, I thought the Packers would be a good, you know. But, Badgers, yeah. Or Badgers, you know. Like, you, you can't tell me that if it's snowing and you have tickets to the Badger game or the Packer game, you're going to go. And I, I saw on social media the Packers already put out a, a call for 700 people to come at, or 600 people to come at, like, 6 or 7 a.m. to shovel out the stadium. 12 bucks an hour. I know. Now, some people were saying if you could give us standing room only, you know, tickets to the game that night, maybe. But still, 12 bucks an hour, that's not bad. I'm not driving all the way to Green Bay, but <laughs> but, I, but I guarantee you that it's I more have... than I make an hour of pastoring. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to bleep that. <laughs> but, um... That's why I sit on the corner and beg most of the time. I thought that was you. Yeah. That I, yeah. Well, okay. Apparently, I'm going to step my disguise game up. But yeah, that was me. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't want to point you out. I thought you'd be embarrassed, but okay, that was you. But I, you know, I, I, I think about it. You know, when folks say, "Oh, I didn't come because it was snowing," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I bet you, if you had a concert that you were going to go to, that your daughter or that your granddaughter or grandson, I bet you you'd go." Like I, you know, how do we? determine what is it that can be kind of squelched by the weather and yeah. to what level are we willing to brave it to go. So we have uh, tickets for a Toby Mac concert in uh, March and we're going. I don't, I don't know what the weather's <laughs> going to be, but we're going. Even <laughs> if it's Snowmageddon, you're going. All right. Yes. All right. So, but then I'm, unless... The weather is dangerous enough, uh, then yeah, I'm gonna be at church. Well, right, and my kids know because they're PKs, preachers' kids. They've they've grown up. They know that there is no valid reason, except for the rapture or being dead, to not go to church. <laughs> it's that not, is, it's that not is even a, a conversation. That is a standard. Wow. <laughs> All right, I might have to. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Rapture or death. Otherwise, see yeah. a church. If you try the death one, I'm gonna want to see a note. I want to. I want an actual. I want an actual certificate death. from the examiner. <laughs> I want an actual. Wow. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I was actually being serious on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you go to church. It doesn't matter what. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, you know, having said that, then we let out on. Christmas Day and New Year's Day, uh, because those were Wednesdays, and we normally we have midweek service on a Wednesday night, and we, we let those out and did not have service because our organization, we're, we're strange, we, 
we, we get excited about Christmas and, and Easter, but we don't put on any extra services. So you don't have a Christmas Eve service? No. I was going to... Not that that was going to be a topic, but I was curious. I was curious because I have no, heard... We get really of, excited about Pentecost Sunday. Yes. Yeah. our organization's official right. uh, and you, holiday. And you know, there's an irony to that because I can't get my church to give a hoot about Pentecost. I have tried so hard. And it is routinely like our lowest attended Sunday. I mean, part of it is because... It's conveniently put, like at least in our Christian calendar, in the end of May or early June, which is like yeah, fifty days after Easter. Yeah, it's like the it's de- one of those movable ones. Yeah, it's like the desert of attendance because you know <laughs> you've pretty excuse me, you've pretty much gotten to you know you've pretty much gotten to graduations. It's summer that you know if Pentecost kind of sneaks into that late May. You might do okay, but generally it's on Memorial Day weekend, it's on graduation weekend, it's the second weekend in June, which by then, good luck, because we've gone into full, you know, summer mode, we'll be there when we can, so we, we our Pentecost attendance suffers for that, so, I, yeah, I love Pentecost, but I, I just, uh, we can't. I'll tell you what, I'll come and preach your Pentecost service. Oh, that would be awesome. You want to come do our Christmas one? <laughs> that sounds like a good trade. Like the first ever Christmas Eve service. I, yeah, I already do three. We'll just add one more. Sure, right in there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I, I saw that there are Methodist churches that don't that don't have Christmas Eve. I mean, I've never, in all of my years, I grew up Lutheran and then became a Methodist and. I couldn't envision a year without a Christmas Eve service, but I know it ha- it, it happens where they don't have one. But now we do have a the Sunday closest to the Christmas Day. That's our Christmas service. Well, what did you do this year? Because Christmas was on a Wednesday. It was like so right in between. The, the, well, the Sunday before the Sunday before we had a Christmas service, okay. we had hymns and special. So did you songs celebrate and Advent that. and Christmas? No, no, just Christmas. Yeah, you shortchanged Advent a little bit on that one, or do you not? Is that a big thing? Advent's not a thing in is, is, Okay. Well, at least not our corner of Pentecost. No. <sighs> trying to find common ground here, Simon. This is... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Okay. But we did have a potluck. Well, that's very Methodist. So, so okay. Yeah. yeah. You, Lots okay. of casseroles. It was, Perfect. It was awesome. Perfect. Yeah. So when you become a member, do you also... You get a certificate and a 9 by 13 in Japan. Well, you get to choose either 9 by 13 or your own Nesco. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> and then after you've been a, a member for a year, we start giving you the special secret recipes. But we want to make sure you've been there for a whole year before you get the, the really good carrot cake recipe. The re- you know, now, do, do yeah. those, do those like, go through, like, after another year, like, do the recipe, do you get a new one, like... After so much time, or do you get them all right away? I, I may already have told you too much, so I, this I, might I, be I my think... only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he knows too much. <laughs> he knows the secret recipes. Yeah, yeah. We we normally don't even tell people there are secret recipes, so I I, I may have to beat this part out as well. I, oh, geez, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was not my intent. My first time on here, and I wow, man. So no, Chris, no, but you, okay. So 
So you you acknowledge Christmas and celebrate Christmas, but just not. Oh yeah, and we we decorate for it and we look forward to it. Why not? Why don't you have a Christmas service then? Is that just is that just a Pentecostal what? thing? The honest truth. Please. Nobody turned up. <laughs> so Fair we've enough. we've tried right. Christmas morning itself. Okay, so you've tried it. So it we, just we've hasn't tried this caught stuff. on. Yeah. It's it, just it, not it, a thing. Just not a thing. I don't know. Um. So how about? How about Epiphany? Do you do anything like big? No. Like a dip, no? No. It's the Easter Sunday, the Sunday before okay. Christmas. Okay. That's it. And the, the only reason I bring that and, up and is... Pentecost Sunday, of course. I, of, well, of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so, and the only reason I That's why that, we hand out secret recipes. That's how you get oh, them there. Oh, that's See, why you, you do gotta, it, You want to know these things. Oh, yeah. So, no, the reason I ask is because I have a similar experience with like... You know, Epiphany or, um, oh, there's another one that's not coming to mind, but those celebrations where if you did them on the right day, as I Ash do Wednesday air quotes. And, uh, yeah, Ash Wednesday. Like that, yeah. Um, Trove Tuesday. Not not as much, but that fair enough. That one's big in England because yeah, everyone likes to eat pancakes. Because you like to eat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, nobody actually goes to church, but everyone yeah. eats pancakes. But like Epiphany, <laughs> like Epiphany 12 days after Christmas, it's I, usually. I grew up so spiritual. <laughs> You know, if we try to do a service outside of the normal Sunday, it we don't we don't get a lot of folks. You're right. Ash Wednesday, you know, Maundy or Holy Thursday, Good Friday, you know, Epiphany would be twelve days, so it usually ends up in the middle of the week. People don't. I can I can barely get them to come on Sunday. You know, to expect them to come, you know, on another day. Although then, you know, my wife talks about she grew up. Um, she grew up in a in a Pentecostal-ish tradition, and she would go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and that was expected. So yeah, when when I first came into the church, because I I didn't grow up in the church, uh, so when I came over here, met the nice young lady that I decided to stick around this country for, and and. She uh, started taking me to church, and uh, yeah, they had uh, midweek, they had uh, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. It was oh. it was what you did, right? You, you yeah. So, uh, but then I think, well, at least in Pentecostal, the larger, more established Pentecostal churches, they they still do that. So down south, where you you. You're tripping over. There's more Pentecostal churches than our Starbucks, I think, down south. How about Waffle Houses? Well, that may be a close run, but okay. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there there are so many. You know, there's a there's a lot of Pentecostal churches down there. Some of them are really big, and they they do have uh, Sunday morning and Sunday evening services. Yeah. And uh, but the the small ones up here, we're yeah, now you just, have a Bible just, study on Wednesday night. We right? do. Yeah, we do. Um, second Wednesday of the month is corporate prayer, but yeah, it's oh, generally we, we we get together and occasionally, uh, if I smile sweetly, my wife will have some kind of fellowship. If on like say a fifth Wednesday of the month, maybe in the summer we might do an ice cream social or something. More food. Uh, more food. Yeah, food yeah. is good. Food is good. Uh, well, you know, my, my uh, guiding scripture for 
when I started pastoring, the Lord gave me the scripture, Acts 2.42. Uh, I feel like we, as a pastor I should know you, that. You right? should, yes. you should. And, and I failed, uh, so yeah. you're going to have to help me out there. There will be some shaming. <laughs> Edit in some more shaming later, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So that's what the early church did. Notice mm, there's food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we so we have prayer apostles' doctrine and fellowship and, and food. Yeah, so that's, that's what we do. Oh, sounds good. Kind of a guiding principle. Yeah. If in doubt, either teach, eat, or pray. Not necessarily in that order. And with the teaching and the praying, you can eat afterwards as well. Yeah. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I like it. Now, our founding pastor, because I'm uh, pastor number two for, for our church, so our founding pastor, he did try uh, getting Sunday evening service because he was from south of here. Uh, and so, like... South of here, like Illinois, or south of here, like you know, like South South. He was from Texas. And his oh, wife okay. Was from Louisiana. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, I, whenever I think South, I kind of mentally jump over Illinois and, and just like the carry on okay. further down. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Because you know, Illinois. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, you're not a flatlander, are you? No. Okay. No. No. Good. No. No. <laughs> Or we'd be done. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be Podcast over. The, I'd be reaching for that off button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they they did try to get uh, Sunday evening services going, but it wasn't long before it was just us and them. <laughs> and he's like, eh, "This is not working, is it?" Yeah. You know, no, we were just waiting for you to notice. <laughs> So, so what we do now is we actually have two services kind of on Sunday morning. So we have what we call adult Sunday school, which is really the same material that we would normally have taught in a Sunday morning service. And then the main service is really the Sunday evening uh, evangelistic service sure. okay. in the morning. Because again, over 50, well, yeah, over 50%, probably over two-thirds of our congregation drive in from outside of the county and so we, we just hit them twice for church and then send them home so, like a holy spot for Pentecostals in this area like people just yeah yeah yeah. you know leave it to us to start talking about I mean leave it to two pastors to start <laughs> yeah, by trying to talk about cats and dogs and we just dive full in into, people are probably shocked yes yeah yeah, we I can, tried. I can see their shock. We lasted like ten minutes, here. folks. Oh, we, not even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know that has me thinking, though. When you mentioned that, like, how many people does it take before it really feels like it's a church service? You know, like where, like you, you know, you describe your example where you're kind of looking around and like, well, it's just us. <laughs> you know, I one of the churches that I serve, you know, on a good day. You know, we probably have between six and ten people, myself included. You know, that I, I sometimes look and say, you know, there's probably no set number, but there's got to kind of be a, a point to where you're like, this feels, you know, like pretty good versus, is this a church service? Is, there just, is this just us kind of hanging out and, you know? 
Well, it, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I, yeah, I hate to use my favorite answer, but it depends. Uh, well, it depends on the size of yeah, the, yeah, the location you're meeting in. Because I mean, our organization, we do even in the state have a couple of large churches. So, what's a large um, church? Well, f- for for us in Wisconsin, let me see. I think uh, over in the Milwaukee area, actually Oak Creek, uh, mm-hmm. they can seat around twelve hundred. Okay. And then our church on the Upper East Side of Madison, Calvary Gospel, there they can seat like eight nine hundred. What's the name of the church in Oak Creek? Uh, Parkway. Okay, I'm familiar. With that. Okay, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're there. <laughs> Well, yeah. Then, right. Um, you know, you if if everybody in our congregation turned up, it, you'd be able to hear the echoes. And, you know, we would just rattle around in there. Right. Um, hmm. But I mean, you know, if everybody turns up for us, uh, we're somewhere approaching somewhere between two dozen to thirty people. And that can feel pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Get a couple of families, stay home, and it's like, oh man, uh, it feels kind of, kind of flat. But I guess I've just learned to minister to those that are there, mm-hmm. and the Lord will take care of everything else. So, thankfully, they don't pay by the person, so you know, only half of them turned up when they got half a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like a per capita, yeah. yeah. That would that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah. Team team cat. So we have one cat. Back in England before I came over here, uh, I was up to eight cats at one point. That almost gets into like crazy cat lady like territory well, I'm a little loopy but uh, you know, I think I was loopy before I got the cats okay. uh, well that's a lot of cats uh, I got I got to know the veterinarians uh, because I used to do fencing the the, the sword fighting fencing oh, yeah. not the keeping cats putting up fences okay yes. yeah <laughs> um, and they were a married couple who both did fencing when they were in university and, and so I got to know them because I had a couple of cats well once you've got a couple of cats and you know the veterinarians they're like oh would you take this one yeah, please <sighs> well and if they're kittens it's like oh, so man, I, I ended up to... with I got up to eight and then kind of settled back to seven because settled back to yeah, seven <laughs> so yeah I had to rehome equilibrium we said you know it's at seven well, okay. num- number eight didn't stick around very long because num- number eight was about ten years old a battle-scarred male cat who was really good around humans, just liked to argue with other animals. Um, just had notches in his ears. Just looked like life had beaten the tar out of him. Yeah, he'd seen a lot. And yeah, yeah, yeah and he, yeah, you could tell he wasn't moving as fast as he used to. Well, on the other side of town in England, where I was, there was a three. Three star, not mission three star, but a, still a, a very good um, hotel with a with a good restaurant, and he 
wandered over to the other side of town. It wasn't a big town. It was kind of dodgy size. And befriended the chef. Oh. The hotel called, us up, called me up and said, hey, you know, you know, this is your cat because it had a, had a collar on. So I went and got it. And it went back. <laughs> it's trying to tell you something. And it, I went and got it again. And it went back. And they were like, um... <laughs> I said, yeah, maybe, maybe he's yours. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Aww. So he went to live at the the hotel, and uh, the chef loved him, and he was very happy. And again, he liked people, so he would sit on the the, the front uh, desk Aww, and yeah. you know just be really friendly to arriving guests. Presumably, well, they never had a mouse problem because <laughs> yeah. he, he was he was. Still fairly wild. One part of it might just, you know, be not a lot, you know, maybe just didn't, if he didn't like other cats, then he kind of yeah. had the place to himself and was the yeah. center of attention. And He was. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Uh, and cats like to be the center of attention. Well, kind uh, of. Well, yes. They want their servants to pay them a lot of attention, I think <laughs> yes. would probably be the appropriate. Yes. When they want attention, you had better give it to them. Yeah, no less than two, but no more than four pets. Anything more than that, I. <laughs> You know, might scratch you or bite you. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope, that's, that's the truth with cats. And I'm, and I'm not brave enough to attempt to put my cat in a, uh, the trunk of a car or the boot and uh, wait an hour and see what it thinks when I open it. <laughs> that's probably not That's a lot of trust. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'm ready to be ready for that. <laughs> Yeah, but I like it. For me, cats are a good pet because you know what you can give a little bit of attention, but they'll they'll pretty much just sleep most of the time. They'll eat whenever they yeah. feel like it. They're low maintenance. They are. You know, I mean, you don't have to really train a cat much. They kind of come already built in for how to take care of their business and. You know that that's true. That's pretty nice. Whereas dogs, you gotta teach them everything. You know, I I will agree that that is kind of a pain. But yeah, yeah. You know, you you leave for the day. You don't have to worry about what your cat's gonna do for the day. But for a dog, you you gotta start thinking about. You know, you can leave a cat overnight and or a couple nights, and it'll be fine. But a dog, you can't do that. So I, that helps. Ours is perpetually convinced that she is starving to death, and so she has to be fed on a regular basis. That's a dog thing too, just in case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you you can't put down the cats I had back in England. I could put down a couple of days worth of food, and they would just eat it at an appropriate rate. This one would snarf everything and then throw it up. <laughs> oh, she, no. she has she has no brains. <laughs> okay. Portion control is not... No, not um, a thing. Not no. a thing. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I, I like to tell... And, and she, she can't catch anything either. She's tried catching flies and uh, spiders and centipedes in the house. And no, she's not very good at catching them. So I like to tell her that she is an embarrassment to the predator world. Oh, <laughs> She is. <laughs> <laughs> she's a domesticated cat. She doesn't have to. Uh, she's an embarrassment. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't know. 
our, our family cat back when I was younger was also a, a terrible hunter, and my father used to call her Nimrod the Mighty Hunter. <laughs> I, am, I am tempted, I am tempted sometimes to call her that, but mostly I just, I just tell her she's an embarrassment. Okay. And she looks at me like, but you still haven't fed me yet, get on with it. She's plotting your doom in her head. I'm not too worried. Although I, I do have a, a gentle love scratch here from her. Oh, just a gentle reminder. Yes, yeah. yes, that, that she loves me. Lest you forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I am going to throw her out in the snow, though. I can't. Our dog, laugh, our dog would disappear. Laugh at her for a few minutes and, and then let her I back in. <laughs> Yeah, Harvey would disappear into the snow if we, I mean, he's not that far off the ground, so, yeah. Low slung. Hmm? He's low slung? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sounds like we're, you're going to remain a cat person. I'll remain mostly a dog person. Probably. But I, but I embrace... Cats, I'm not ready to. Well, you probably don't want to embrace our show scratch or bite you. Yes. I'm, I'm the only one. Well, I, I pick up our cat and I flop her on her back and hold her in my arms like a baby and then tickle her tummy. But I've been doing that since she was. Well, she, we got her at 11 weeks old. Yeah. And so she just knows. That, yeah. She's conditioned that that's what I do. Uh, plus, I also play fight with her because. Uh, you know, there are certain things you shouldn't do to a cat or it will wind them up. I do all those things. <laughs> you know, like you should never press their ears down that. Oh, they hate that. I do that a lot. <laughs> and then grab hold of her head and just, just completely cover her, her eyes. Yes, yeah, she hates that as well. And so I do that. Hence the gentle love scratch. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do play with her a bit. Okay. But then if I lay down and take a nap, she jumps up on top of me and starts snoring pretty quick. So there you go. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, I do like, or uh, I'm very tolerant of, of larger dogs. Um, <clears throat> a member of our congregation used to have uh, a large white dog. It was uh, an Italian sheep dog. I believe the mm. breed was uh, a Maremma or Maramma, however you pronounce it. Um, and these dogs were specifically bred to live with the sheep, and they would defend the sheep. Uh, now, I think that the family in question over-acclimatized it to humans, so it didn't end up living with, with their sheep, but uh, it was a really nice dog. And it, it knew me, because I, I knew it from when it was a puppy, and so it when it would come out barking, if anybody drove in the, uh, the driveway of the, the farm, it was a big dog and it had a big bark and it was like, I'm glad, I'm glad this one knows me and I'd open the door or it would see me through the window and, and stop barking. And, yeah. Yeah, okay, I can get out now. <laughs> yeah. so I, I liked that one. That one was, that was a nice dog. But I, and I get that. I mean, I think, you know, my wife, she has had a dog with her pretty much her whole life and has had a series of big dogs and not completely so did but, this one shrink in the wash then 
Yeah. <laughs> the one time. But, um, but, you know, part of it, obviously, for protection. I mean, there's something about the intimidation of a big dog. That oh, some, sure. You know, and I don't know what it was that she decided that she wanted to get, you know, a, a little dog. Now, when we got... That's because she had you to protect her now. Well, we know that's not true. So, <laughs> so thank you wow. for trying. Wow, I thought I'd be nice. No, she's not going to listen okay. to this. So, um, so <laughs> but um, I, you know, when we got our dog, the, the pedigree papers said that he was a miniature schnauzer, but it turns out he's actually a toy schnauzer. And now, and if what's, you, what's the difference? Size. Now, if now you think he, you think he looked small. There's actually teacup schnauzers, oh which are goodness. even. I know. These are the ones that you see that like <laughs> go into someone's purse. Oh, good gracious me! So okay. a teacup would be, you know, you're talking like five to seven pounds. So we were, you know, I had a miniature schnauzer growing Eccentric up. Eccentric rich lady dogs. Yeah, exactly. Ding, ding, yes. ding, ding, ding. So. You know, we had a miniature schnauzer growing up, and a miniature schnauzer grows to be like 25 or 30 pounds, but Harvey just stopped growing. And then it went like, we went three weeks, and we're like, he's not getting any bigger. And he maxed out, I think, you know, eight and a half, nine pounds, and that's it. So so my cat could come over and pick on him and beat him up. He'd hold his own, I think. But yeah, I mean, he's feisty. But yeah, he's he's small, and of course he tries to make up for that. And you know, but he just looks sure so, quantity of barking. Yeah, but he just looks so stinking adorable. It's hard to like, even when he's trying to, you know, it's just like, oh, <laughs> he's, he's trying to be vicious. So anyway. Yeah, I don't think you've taught me into getting a dog. And I don't see myself getting a cat anytime soon. So good talk. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> it, was, it was worthwhile, yes. It was worthwhile. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had this conversation. Yes. <laughs> I've come, yeah. I don't see any snow yet. But Snowmageddon's coming. Oh, I know. Starting at 7 o'clock. Um, what did I hear? There are communities that have already declared a snow emergency. Oh, so wow. you can't park on any street starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Any street? Any street. Snow emergency. So we'll see. If you don't have a podcast... Next week, you'll know we will know that Snowmageddon happened. And, oh, indeed. And so, then, are you coming back next week? Have I scared you? I don't know. Off? We'll see. <laughs> if if we don't all if we if if Dodgeville doesn't shut down because of the snow, and you'll have me. Yeah, you bet. That sounds good. Dude, it's kind of addictive once you get going. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Yeah. And thankfully, you know, because I don't do much in the way of, of tinkering with it afterwards. There's not a lot of post production. Uh, I'll go home and record the. Welcome to, I think this is going to be episode number 27. Okay. So we've made it past quarter of a century. Really, right. really quite well. I made all my notes of the things I want you to take out. So this okay. one might be a little yeah. harder for you. Um, <laughs> nope, I don't take anything out. You don't say, oh boy. And right. I don't know how to beep, so. 
<laughs> well, we didn't have to worry about that today. I, I'm, I didn't have an Eddie Murphy moment. He, um, oh, he, he was on Saturday Night Live, and he okay. ended up saying a few um, words you shouldn't say, and they, that is live. Oh, so public. Um, TV. Yes. Isn't that why they have the seven second delay so that somebody but can hit the button? This they don't have. That. Oh, it is literally going see, on. It's not like, yeah, radio, even radio they do. live radio, they still delay it. But this is like, it's happening in the moment. And oh, okay. he just dropped it, realized he dropped it, kind of looked at the camera. I was like, oops, and just kind of kept going. So we've avoided that. So that's good. Very good. Well, this has been fun. And uh, well, let's stop here. So, thank you very much for co hosting with me. Uh, dear listener, if you're still listening after we, we got a little bit hardcore on the, the, the pastor to pastor stuff, but you know, that happens. Um, <laughs> and we, let me assure you, we didn't go anywhere near some topics that could have been really interesting listening. This is true. <laughs> So, we, uh, yeah, we, we didn't go hardcore on you. Um, so, thank you very much. Uh, we'll do this again next week. And uh, I want to say thank you to Kerry and uh, Cobblestones for letting us hang out in here. And I guess technically she's a sponsor because she didn't charge us for our cup of coffee. So, uh, thank you, Kerry. Congratulations, you have a sponsor. We do, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if I want to admit to being sponsored by Carrie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, her, her. Oh, boy. <laughs> and with that, do you have any final last words of wisdom you want to share? No. Beyond being church on Sunday, the snow is not an excuse, people. Yeah, no. Yeah. Go forth and live and be vivacious and exuberant. That's good. Be excellent to each other. Yes. You catch the reference there? Come on, come on, film guy. Be excellent to each other. Excellent. No. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Okay, yes. Righteous. (laughs) That was harder work than I was thinking it was going to be. Bogus. (laughs) I'm sorry. It took me a little while. I'm started now. Yeah. It took me a little while to catch up. Sorry. All right. We'll we'll do do films next week. Sounds great. All right. With that, we are out. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed hanging out with us at Cobblestone's Coffee Shop. 